The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. series is a production of Eden Chapel and the EC Podcast. These episodes are a collection of interviews that testify of God's faithfulness in the midst of great trials. I'm your host, Bobby Payne, and with me today is Mackenzie Hamilton. Welcome. Hello. Hello. There you are. I was hoping you were still there. Um, So let's go ahead and jump right into it. First off, if you don't mind, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, some background, uh, that way the listeners know who you are. Well, hi, I am Mackenzie Hamilton, and I'm 19 years old, and I have grown up here in Seymour, Tennessee my whole life. Um, I'm a nursing student at Walter State, and I'm a part of the worship team here at Eden Chapel, and I also help teach the kiddos in preschool. Um, I love them a whole bunch, lots of fun, (laughs) Um, yeah. Thank you for that. So, um, as we begin today, could you tell us what the focus is going to be for our time in this second episode of our But God series? Yes. So, today I will just be talking about the um, different difficulties that I have gone through and how the Lord has been sovereign through those and how He has sustained me. Thank you for that. And so, let's go ahead and just get right into it, um, if you would, and again, take all of the time that you need. Uh, because I know that this is a will be a tough topic, um, but walk us all the way through your relationship with your father, and you can start all the way back um, in childhood if you'd like, and just let's just kind of talk us through this. So I'm going to back up just a little bit. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of history about how I came to Eden Chapel and how I became a member. So the Lord brought me here when I was in middle school, and I'm very thankful for the um, many friends that brought me here and encouraged me along the way. And my freshman year of high school, um, the Lord saved me. And I, you know, I was very involved in different relationships over time. And I was trying to use those to fill a void in my heart that I didn't know was there. I was using relationships to fill that void. And then I finally got to a point where I was like, hey, this isn't, this isn't feeling me. Like, this isn't feeling something that is there. There's something that I need that can't be filled with worldly relationships. And so I distanced myself from dating relationships. And then the Lord just completely opened my eyes and my heart to Him and how I am a sinner that was in need of a savior, and I was actually at what's called, I think it was D-Now, was that? Yes, so we were at D-Now, and the last night, Aaron, um, which by now you guys probably know is one of the pastors here at Eden Chapel, he was giving a message, and I just was completely broken by the weight of my sin and how truly awful that we are, and just how much of a sinner that I am, and how despite the fact that I 
am just awful um, by nature that the Lord still chose to send his son to die on the cross for my sins. And that was such an amazing and powerful night, and I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, But So that's just a little bit of how the Lord saved me. Um, That was in April of 2016. And growing up, I was very close with my dad. Um, He was my best friend. He was, I looked up to him in so many ways. Um, He never met a stranger and he loved hugs. So if any of you all know me, I love to (laughs) give hugs. And so that's where I get it from. And he was so kind and loving and intentional. He would give anyone the shirt off of his back. Um, He really taught me how to love others well, um, despite different circumstances and how, as cliche as it sounds, we never know what other people are going through. And he really emphasized that in my life and how choosing kindness over getting back at someone or getting even, just the usual kind of things that a parent would teach. But it was, he lived that very well and left such a good example for me to live by. So I was very close with him. Um, Yeah, so then going into, back into my um, walk with the Lord, it was two months after that. It was June 20th of 2016. Um, I had actually signed up for our church camp, and I was so excited. I'm a baby Christian at this point. I'm super excited to learn more about the goodness of God and just everything that that entails. I'm just desiring to know and to learn more about that. And so I signed up for the church camp. I think it was my first church camp I've ever been to. This was Eden Chapel's been my first church home that I've attended. So I think that was my first church camp. Well, at least that I was saved that I'd been to. And so um, before we left for camp, um, I kissed my dad and gave him a hug goodbye, and I said goodbye to my mom, and my mom exchanged contact information because my grandfather, um, he was in his last stages of life due to cancer, so we were kind of expecting that he would potentially, maybe he would pass away whenever I was gone, so we wanted to make sure to have those connections just in case. I needed to get back home, so we were on the way to church camp, and the car that I was in, we got a phone call that I needed, our car needed to pull over, and that my mom was going to come get me, and I was very out of the norm, so I just assumed in my head that my grandfather had passed away, because that's what we were expecting, and my mom came and got me, and she told me that my dad passed away. So that was, I'm not going to go into the details of how he passed away, but I can tell you details about how it made me feel. Um, I, it was very, very traumatic. It was very unexpected. Um, I was stuck in the shock phase. I remember, you know, I don't have the best memory, but when it comes to this day, I vividly remember every detail of it. Um, I remember us on our way in the car, and I just couldn't get through my head what was happening. I was like, I've got to wake up. This, is, this isn't real. I don't understand. And um, 
then I finally was able to grasp what was happening. And I remember speaking to someone that day, and I was just completely, I don't even really know the word to use, but I just, I was confused. Um, I didn't understand. I didn't understand how something like that could happen. Um, you know, I asked God why. You know, that's, that's the big thing when things happen. And me as a baby believer, um, I, I've been saved for two months. That was two months after the Lord saved me. So I was stuck in, why God? Like, what did I do that warranted this? Did I not measure up? Um, I mean, I, I was on my way to church camp. I thought I was doing what was right. I thought I was doing the right thing. And I, I was mad. I was, I was angry. I was frustrated at the people involved. I was, I was frustrated with God. And I think I, 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 um, I was, I don't think I was ever really honest with myself about that because I was ashamed that I was mad at God, but I was, and I was angry at him. But the big, most important thing is he is great enough to even deal with my anger and my frustration. Um, as, as a, I can't imagine how difficult that that was. Can you walk us through um, how God worked through your life during this dark time? So I would love to sit here before you and tell you that I grieved well and that I grieved the way that people think that you should or ways that I would like to say that I did. Um, So for about three years, I thoroughly suppressed the emotions that I should have been allowing myself to feel. Um, I suppressed them with good intent, but it was very detrimental to me. Um, I suppressed the emotions of grief because I didn't want to upset other people around me. And I didn't fully know what I was even doing. I thought I was just doing something to help other people be able to get through the situation. Um, I didn't talk about it. I got to the point where I wasn't really feeling. And then feelings of anxiety and depression came out from me suppressing those emotions and not allowing myself to grieve the way that we, even as Christians, are intended to grieve because we, we grieve the loss of others because we means we loved. And I didn't allow myself to do that. Um, but through the difficult times, the way that I saw God move and work is through the church is the first thing. Um, during the first three years, I, was, I, I had gotten to the point where I was numb to what was going on because I wouldn't allow myself to feel anything. But even through those times, something that was constant in my life was the church. Um, the, I can't even begin to explain or express how much that the church has helped me and how well that they loved me through those difficult times. Um, even still now, because it hasn't re- been until this past year that I have would say that I've fully grieved the way that I think that I should have. 
and the church has walked alongside me through that. Um, I had, my anxiety got to the point within this past year that it was crippling, that it negatively affected the way that I discipled to other people, which was when I realized that, you know, there's something that's going on, um, and I'm not feeling anything anymore. I'm not, why am I not sad? Why am I? And then whenever we got to the root of it, that's whenever the healing began is I was able to seek help. And then, um, I was able to walk through this book called Grieving Your Path Back to Peace by James White. And I've been walking through this with Jamie, which is, um, one of our pastor Aaron's wives. And, this book has helped tremendously in my healing process, and um, there are some different things that it says in here, and I was just going to read a part of it um, to you guys, and it just talks about how, you know, whenever we are going through trials and tribulations, we go through those for the Lord to mold us and shape us into the image of a son. Because without those different things, how are, like, how are we supposed to be refined? Like, how, where does sanctification come from? So, it says, James says in here, um, The goldsmith begins by placing the gold into the crucible and turning up the fire. As the gold melts, different impurities, being lighter than heavy gold, float to the surface. The goldsmith carefully skims off the impurities as they come to the surface. So it is with us. God is about doing something in our lives. He is making us like Christ. But we have many impurities that he is removing from us. Trials and difficulties are the fire that bring these things to the surface. The process continues on, each time requiring more and more heat. If our hearts truly desire to be like Christ... We pray that he will continue his work of conforming us to his image. The trials and difficulties we face, even the process of grief that we must endure when we lose a loved one, is a part of how God makes us like Christ. When you see your grief as a means by which God is making you like Christ, you can begin to thank him for his mercy and grace toward you. In hope you can say, but as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Micah 7, 7. And then there's another piece of scripture. Um, this is Isaiah 53, 3. We know that in all things, God is working to conform us to the image of Christ, and we can be confident, even when we can't see how, that in our pain and sorrow, we are being made more like Christ, who himself was known as the man of sorrows. So, there are so many times where I, I still wish that my dad was here, and I can fully say that before you, but my relationship with the Lord would not be where it is now had I not gone through that. I, I wish that my dad would be here to walk me down the aisle one day. I wish that he would be here to see future grandchildren, Lord willing. Got to work on the husband part first. <laughs> um, you know, there are so many, so many times I wish that he was still here. And, um, but I, 
I would not be where I am today had I not gone through that. Um, so, uh, so yeah. thank you for that. First off, um, so as we kind of start heading towards the end of this, and you, you've already started a little bit with the, the things from your book, how or what would you say to encourage others or what kind of advice would you give those who have gone through something or are now going through something, uh, some sort of traumatic situation, having been there and having still dealing with it, what kind of information or, or advice or encouragement would you give to someone going through either a similar situation or some other type of traumatic situation? Yeah, um, so the first thing that I would say is be honest with yourself. Be honest with people around you about different struggles that and difficulties that you are enduring. Um, I mean, that's the primary purpose of the church is to bear one another's burdens. And if we're withholding that, then how is the church supposed to um, play its role? And like, we can't we can't withhold that because even when we are not honest with ourselves and others about our struggles and situations, how can we show that to other people who could be experiencing the same thing? How can those people get the help that is needed or how can they feel comfortable enough to speak about their different trials and situations? Um, I think a big part of Christian culture is putting on their Sunday best and going to church and painting a smile on their face and then going home but never being real and raw and genuine about the trials and tribulations that they go through. And I'm guilty of this because for three years I acted like I was great and I was good. And, you know, I, I didn't have selfish intent behind it, but I I think I couldn't I can't help but think about the different all the different people that I could have helped had I been honest about my feelings with myself and to those around me. And another big thing is it's okay to ask for help. Um, you know, I think we can be too prideful sometimes whenever we go through different things. We're like, yeah, I've got this. I don't need to ask for help. But it's okay to ask for help. Um, I'm so thankful for the people that the Lord has so graciously placed in my life because had they not been there, had they not continuously asked to help me, then I, I don't know. I mean, only Lord willing when I have been able to, you know, talk with them about it. But because of them being persistent and telling me, hey, I'm here for you. I want to bear those burdens with you. Um, I don't know. I don't think that I might not be to this point had they not have been open and willing to help. Um, I think another big thing is also not only being honest with yourself and those around you, but being honest with God about how you feel um, through those different times. I mean, he knows every thought that runs through our head. So why do we think we can keep that anger from him? Because he, ar- he already knows it. I mean, he predestined our life before the foundation of the world. And, I mean, he knew that I would be angry with him. He knew that my dad would be taken. Um, He knew that I wouldn't grieve the way that I wish that I would have. I mean, he he knows everything. Um, 
and another big thing that I would just encourage you with is that the different things that we go through are not meaningless. Um, we go through the trials and the tribulations to be refined and to be shaped and molded into the image of a son. And we weren't promised that things were going to be easy. I mean, we're, we're told that we, we, will be, we will go through the difficult times. So I would just encourage you guys with that. Thank you very much for that. I think that's a very important piece to remember is not only does God know, but he's using no matter what it is, no matter how painful it is, to refine us, to make us um, more like himself and to bring glory and honor to him. So thank you for that. Um, and thank you for your willingness, your openness today. Um, anything else you'd like to share before we close out? If not, that's okay. I don't want to put you on the spot here. It's okay. It's okay. Um, again, thank you. Uh, if you know Kenzie, you love Kenzie. Um, she's genuine and honest and a great role model for the kids' ministry here at church and, and the adults. And so we're grateful that you are here. And, and thank you for our time here today uh, on the But God series. This concludes episode two of our But God series. We pray that you've been blessed and encouraged by what was shared today. We look forward to sharing many more testimonies of the goodness of our God through great trials. Until next time, God bless.